Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Once again, here we are. Yes, the Growing in Grace podcast. Growingingrace.org. That's the place you'll find every single one of our past podcasts. And you can also use uh, your favorite podcasting app. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on um, a lot of things where you can find the podcast. And again, the central source is growingingrace.org, where you'll find various links to uh, the various uh, ways that you can listen. And of course, again, all the past podcasts. I'm Joel Brzezinski. Mike Kapler is with me. We're talking about God's love. And the reason we have been talking about that is because we've been talking about these a lot of New Covenant, New Testament directives, uh, the various things that you'll find in these New Testament epistles that a lot of people in the Church will take as legalistic commandments. At the very least, I have heard a lot of these things taught as principles for Christian living, and there are hundreds, or literally, uh, from one one website that I found a while back, a thousand and (laughs) fifty New Covenant commandments that we're supposed to live by, and how does a person even begin to do that? I mean, this website listed all these verses that tell us things that we're supposed to do, all from the New Covenant epistles, (laughs) and it can be quite burdensome if you really sit down and and list them all out and and try to do these things. So we're going to continue talking about that uh, in the context of knowing God's love and, and in the context of what we believe these things are supposed to really be all about. Well, I better let the other guy in here. Yes, Mike Kapler, what's going on? Joel, as we mentioned last week, I mean, imagine, imagine if there were. <laughs> I, I know they skewed it, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I know they've misunderstood it, but it, just imagine that there really were. Think about this now. A thousand and fifty commandments for us to live by since Jesus died. Uh, how do you know? I'm going to ask the question again. How do you know when you're in a place that is pleasing and acceptable to God? How many do you have to keep? How many can you fail at? How many second chances do you get? I mean, uh, are we just supposed to give it our best shot? That's not what a doer of the law was under the old covenant. A doer of the law was somebody who who did the law perfectly, who kept all of the commandments perfectly. And the Bible tells us everyone fell short. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and and that was just, you know, a little over 600 commandments. And there were some doozies in that bunch, too, that you don't hear about in church. So even, even just start with the top 10. I think you brought this up a couple programs ago. Just take the 10 commandments and how, how many are actually doing okay with that one? You feel like you pretty much conquered that that mountain? Probably not. You may think you have, but take a closer look at what the law says. So, yeah, uh, how do you know where you stand? And I get it, because I, I went through this for many years. So I read the New Testament, I read the letters written by the apostles, and even some of the things that Jesus said in this thing that is often referred to as the New Testament, uh, those first four books we call the Gospels, Jesus said some things in there 
And I thought that some of what the apostles were saying in their letters were just carryovers from, from some things Jesus said. In other words, going back to the Old Testament, even from one of the very first chapters, God gave a commandment, and it was bad Bad things happened after giving that commandment. And, and then we had all those commandments from the law and Moses and the Jews and, and you know, all, all of that for centuries. And then Jesus comes along and he refers back to some of that stuff. And now we've got the apostles and I'm under the assumption, like probably many Christians, now I'm under the assumption the apostles are writing new commandments, new requirements for us to follow, to live by, to conduct ourselves with, instead of like what we've been talking about, these new covenant directives are really just exhortations for people to consider having them a part of their life as new believers in Jesus Christ. In other words, because you've already been made new, because you're a new creation, a partaker of the divine nature, because you are now the righteousness of God in Christ, one who is described as holy and perfected and forgiven and clean and washed and sanctified and all of that. You've already been declared that through the finished work of Jesus Christ, not through your work or your effort to try to attain those things. You are declared that. A big part of understanding the new covenant is understanding that identity that we have in him. As he is, so are we in this world. But without that knowledge of our identity in Christ in this new and better covenant, we carry over a lot of old covenant stuff, a lot of old covenant mentalities, and we start to filter some of the things that the apostles are writing through that legalistic screen. And so we assume that Paul is, is commanding some things, but again, notice these are exhortations without any kind of, you know, in the old covenant again, I know we're repeating ourselves here, but do this and you'll be blessed. Don't do it, you'll be cursed. There isn't that kind of thing going on here with these exhortations in the new covenant. Joel, I feel like I've been talking for a while. I feel blah, like I haven't blah, made my blah. point yet, but I, I want you to talk. <laughs> <laughs> you really should. You really should let me talk. That's, and that's a commandment right there. So, uh, but, uh, well, I think one example of these new covenant directives uh, that people take as commandments and requirements are, you know, have you heard of the, the one and others of the New Testament? And the legalistic church that I came out of, this was sometimes uh, taught on in a pretty big way. There are many times where in the New Testament epistles it says one another. Like, for example, well, we've talked about love one another, pray for each other, confess your sins to each other, do not slander one another, encourage one another, build each other up, make your love increase and overflow for each other, admonish one another, teach one another, bear with each other, do not lie to each other, and so on and so on. And it's not that these things are bad things. All of that stuff is good. It's good to bear with one another. It's good to not lie to each other. It's good to carry each other's burdens. It's good to be kind and compassionate to one another. Um, some of these other things, serve one another in love, have equal concern for each other. Those are good things, but when it becomes not so good is when we make these things into legalistic commandments or requirements for being a believer, or even in some cases for salvation. If you're not doing these things, are you really saved? Such a burden is put on people and I just read just a handful of the one and other verses. There's quite a lot more than a handful in there. And again, all these other new covenant, uh, what we would call new covenant directives, 
so what I would say is that rather than these being a list of things, whether it's 1,050, whether it's 100, no matter what the number is, rather than looking at this as a list of things that we need to do, or, or here's another thing, we need, I need to work on these things. I need to work on being patient and bearing with one another in love. I need to be working on this list of things to do. Rather than a list of things to try to do, let's get to know God's love. Let's get to know who we are in Him. And these things are what it looks like as we grow in grace as we grow in God's love for us. It's not a legalistic list of commandments that we need to live by, either for salvation or to prove that we're a believer, to prove our faith, to prove that we really love. We don't need to prove anything. The requirement for salvation is not a list of works. God so loved the world that he gave his, he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. If you want to be saved, you believe in him. These other things come out of our lives as we look to God and his love for us, as we begin to understand our true identity in him, that we have been crucified with Christ and raised together with him into new life. The Spirit indwells us. Christ himself is our life. We had talked a few weeks ago. We ended one of the podcasts with Galatians 2, and I'll end right here and pass it back to you. Galatians 2 Paul said that through the law, I died to the law, that I might live to God. So Paul had been under the law as a Jew, and he died to it so that he might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's where our life is found, in Christ, by faith in the Son of God who loved us and who gave his life for us. Yes, that's good stuff. I mean, everything you said there, and, 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 you know, to kind of follow up with it, when we try to work at becoming more loving, more joyful, more, you know, displaying more peace and patience and kindness, it's really the fruit of the Spirit that already abides in us. It's already there. So instead of trying to work at becoming those things, realize who you already are, and al we just allow the Spirit of God now to live through us. We just yield to Him. We trust in Him. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And so, you know, we don't want to turn this into some sort of a self-help program where we're just trying to, I want to be more uh, faithful. I want to be more gentle. I want to be uh, displaying more self-control. That's great. But allow God to do it through you because when it becomes us doing it, when, when we rely upon our effort to try to be more good, that's what the Jews were trying to do under the law. And, you know, the, the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 7 that that bore fruit for death, not fruit for life. You see, because it's not our fruit. I, I know we, we've been taught we need to be more fruitful. Well, maybe we do, but it's not our fruit. <laughs> it's the fruit of the Spirit. And it's already a part of who we are in Jesus Christ. It just desires to manifest itself through us, and that will happen as we walk in the Spirit according to Galatians chapter 5, and, and there's just no law involved with any of that. So this is exciting stuff here for us, I think, because there's just a lot of people when they, they pick up the Bible and they see some of the things the apostles wrote, Joel, 
I think sometimes they just see commandments and requirements instead of realizing that this can now become a part of our lives outwardly because they've already occurred inwardly as a partaker of the divine nature. And so we can walk in this thing. We can do it because God has allowed us to do it. If we're going to get caught up and tangled up into trying to jump over commandment hurdles, then that is on the opposite end of the spectrum of grace. You see, that's not grace. Here, we're encouraged and exhorted to do certain things by the apostles, in some cases, where they're writing to people, reminding them of this is who you are now in Christ. And yet, we're not being required to do it. There's no commandment attached with a condition to do it, like the Old Testament had been under the Old Covenant law. It's not like that. In this scenario, we're just free to do it, but we're free to do it by grace. And, you know, that that will expose a a person's motives. (laughs) You know, if you think you're just doing good things to get some sort of recompense from God, some sort of reward from God, then you're, you're probably doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. Like any of these things, if we're trying to do these things to get something from God, we've really missed the point. And that includes things like the red letters, you know, the words that Jesus spoke, the golden rule, things like that. We'll talk about that continuing on this thought process next week right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.